Welcome to the Cybersecurity Simplified Podcast, where we take the mystery out of today's top security threats and solutions. When we think about automation, images of displaced factory workers often spring to mind. But automation also can be a good thing, helping people do their jobs better and faster. That's the case in security operations. In fact, automation is critical to keeping up with exponentially rising threats and helping analysts respond faster. In this episode of Cybersecurity Simplified, we've invited a security operations expert to join the conversation on this very topic of automation. Hi there, I'm your co-host, Susanna Song, Director of Communications at Highwire Networks. And I'm Dave Barton, Chief Technology Officer at Highwire Networks. And today we have the fortune of having Phil Burnett with us. He is our Chief Information Security Officer. Phil knows a little bit about automation, so we're going to jump right in. Phil, um, why is automation important in cybersecurity? Well, there's several things that you think of. Uh, as Susanna mentioned, speed. Speed is, is great, but accuracy is better. So if you have something pre-scripted or a process that's, that's ready to go, and you've tested it, it's bulletproof, then it'll come and it, it will actually uh, happen over and over again accurately. But because one of the things that, that analysts do often when they're in a hurry is fat fingering IP addresses, domain names, even, even malware names and versions. So we want to eliminate the human factor and allow the machine to, to through speed, uh, gain that accuracy. That's just one of the, the many advantages. You know, oftentimes automation, I believe, gets a bad rap because, especially in cybersecurity, uh, naturally the tendency is to think, with sensitive and, and really precarious data, it's a little unnerving to rely on a machine to filter through and decide if an anomaly is a, is a real threat or not, because they want a human brain or a human person, right, to, to decipher. So can you break down what automation does versus what your analysts do in the SOC? Sure. Well, first of all, the machine is out there parsing through millions of bits and bytes per second. The analyst, the human, can't possibly keep up with the machine in that. So what we're hoping to do is to find needles. So in other words, we're looking for that really, really small, finite thing that we can actually bring up, and then the human gets into it. They look at all the different inputs and, and parsings of that particular thing that they're investigating, and they say, hey, this thing looks different. I should investigate this. So the analyst is focusing their time on the things they should investigate rather than spending time parsing and setting things up to be investigated, right? So we remove the, the mundane and the ritual and we have them focus on the, the prize, which is that needle in a stack of needles. Can you define the difference between machine learning and AI, which is artificial intelligence. Um, a lot of times people just throw those terms out there interchangeably. Sure. Artificial intelligence is, is the crowdsourcing and the data enrichment engine of machine learning, right? The, we have the various feeds, inputs, and in, in our situation, we actually learn from the data that we've brought in and we feed it back in. The, the AI, or artificial intelligence, actually makes sense of the data that we're looking at and allows the machine learning, which is um, putting things in, in groups, patterns, uh, uh, timing, 
there's so many little variables that are in the algorithm that they're looking for that the machine learning, we tune and we train it, uh, the, the human on the side, right, trains it, and then it uses the, a, the artificial intelligence to further identify and then to, uh, to put it up on a screen alert or, or automatically ticket or send an email or send up a red flag, whatever it is. But the AI is the intelligence coming into it. The machine learning is as it learns over time. Because like for zero day, if a zero day comes in, the machine's not going to know anything about it. What it has to rely on is the other aspect that we haven't talked about is the user behavior, right? How the, how the things work and how they work together and what looks anomalous. So when all those things are plugged in together, you have a rock star analyst because he has all of this supporting cast of machines and data feeds that, that they need, he or she needs, to, uh, to make a right call, uh, sometimes with only an, um, a matter of minutes to make a decision. Yeah, and I think the, I'll, I'll echo that. At the end of the day, machine learning is going to tell us what is mathematically different. Uh, without context, it's just something different. So machine learning is fabulous at doing that work. The AI comes on top of that and says, this anomaly is different. And with this context, this intelligence applied to it, I can derive risk, right? At the end of the day, Phil's job, my job, our job at Highwire, at Overwatch, is to manage, help manage risk. Right, the anomalies are irrelevant without context. Context only comes through AI and even through human intelligence. So you you couple amazing analysts with amazing um, into, uh, AI and all of this mathematically defined anomalies, and you come up with things to work on, finding that needle in the haystack, as Phil talks about. What percentage is human and what percentage typically is um, AIML? Well, that's a hard one to quantify because it depends on what you're looking at. Uh, if it's a known bad, like a known thing, like say, for example, uh, exploitation of accounts, user accounts, active directory things, well-known Windows event ID triggering inside the environment, those kind of things uh, are more machine than, than human. Now, the human jumps in on zero day, for example, again, in that they are learning that, hey, a particular file may be put in a directory, but there's wildcards. There's different things that you don't know, and, and all you have is a little piece of information. So you have to string the ideas and the techniques together until they make sense or until they're recognizable. Because the analyst's job, more importantly, is to disprove what they're seeing. If they can outthink the machine, then, then we're getting there, right? but we want them to, to try to challenge what they're seeing. Otherwise, XDR and other kinds of SIM platforms are, are losing because we, we could train them to just every time an event occurs, send off a ticket. We don't want to flood people. We want quality tickets that the analysts and the partners and, and, the, and the team members can take the data and actually turn it around and, and have actionable responses. Any other uh, use cases that, you, that either of you guys can share to our listeners of how automation has really just evolved and, and helped? Well, I, I think the other piece, Phil touched on it lightly, where automation helps is we get volumes of data, volumes of anomalies that are impossible for a human to get through by themselves. So we put AI, AI on that. And when, once we have good 
AI and machine learning and we automate responses, now we can take 40, 50% of that routine repetitive analyst work, automate those responses and allow Phil's team to focus on things that are a little bit more esoteric, things that take a little bit more human intervention, threat hunting, chasing down uh, an anomaly that on the surface may not look like it's something, but as you dig in deeper because you're applying that human intellect with all of that machine learning and all of that AI, and you come up with things that maybe nobody's seen before, right? It helps us get better at detecting those zero days. If I can take a lot of that noise and automate responses out, what's left are the things that I can't automate, mm-hmm. right? And that, at the end of the day, Susanna, and, and I think Phil would agree, um, it makes our analysts better because that repetitive stuff they're not learning from, right? They, they learn some up front, but then it becomes routine. Let's automate that out and then let's make everything else something they can grow their own skill set. So for, for automation, um, I think one thing that we're, that we're lacking that we haven't discussed yet is how automation allows us to scale. We, we have a SOC as a service because for our partners and customers, we can handle multiple clients simultaneously through the advances and advantages of automation and the artificial intelligence machine learning. The whole thing together allows us the economies of scale. We can scale larger than they can because building a SOC inside a company is, is, is you know, $2 million or more for a small to medium-sized company. So mm-hmm. automation provides um, the, the way that we can scale and make it affordable for uh, our partners and customers. Yeah, I mean, there's no way any company can pay for all of those eyes per se, like all the humans that the automation replaces, right? I mean, it's just so expensive. Even to have 24-7 SOC, that type of monitoring, you need the help of automation. You do. And some of the major companies actually have their own SOC. They get their own SIM. They have a complete staff. And all the major companies that have the the budget and the resources to do that are very successful, but there we're talking the billion dollar companies, right? The, the SMBs, the ones that in the world that we're in, in the, in the, you know, the million or so or more uh, market range um, can't afford uh, two years worth of their operational budget to put it into a tool. So right. we, we help with them. And, and, and that's the part of the automation is, is we can scale it. And, and just to give you some, Real world example, Susanna, um, we see anywhere from 500,000 to a million failed logins in a month, right? Across our customer base, probably more than that. But let's just go with that number. There's no way Phil, nor I, nor any of our team can manually go look at each one of those failed logins to see, is there anything of value here? Mm-hmm. Applying machine learning lets me quickly run all of those failed logins through machine learning and find those needles, right? Because um, for example, if, if you're a brute forcer, you're gonna attack Phil's home machine a thousand times in a five minute window, right? That's gonna trigger as an anomaly because of the volume of that attack. And if you couple that with the fact that that anomaly is coming from a country where we don't do business, or an IP that's got a bad reputation. That's that AI that we're tying in. And we have a human look at it and go, yeah, it's coming from 
you know, a brute forcer, Phil, Phil's getting attacked. I couldn't look through half a million failed logins in a month. A human cannot. But with that failed login, which we would all agree is a low risk, all of that context tells me that there's an intent, there's something bad happening, and now we can take action from an operations perspective. That is a use case of AI, machine learning, making mm -hmm. our job better. Phil, any parting words as we wrap up? Um, no, just saying that people shouldn't be afraid of. They should embrace, learn, uh, investigate, research, whatever they can, and talk to partners who understand automation and, and use it because it is something to embrace and go into the future. Remember, there, there's a new normal now since last year with COVID. The new normal is people are away, they're out of offices, and, and automation will help look through all the anomalies from every little network around the world where people are jumping on from. So embrace it, uh, educate yourself, and enjoy it because uh, seeing the machine find uh, the needle in the stack of needles is a fun thing. It's a challenge. Now, a lot of work. Yeah, thank you so much, Phil. Thanks for joining us. I hope you'll join us again another time. Uh, thank you to our listeners for joining us as well. If you have feedback about today's podcast or questions for David or the Overwatch team, please contact us at overwatch at highwirenetworks.com or leave a comment below if you're watching this. And be sure to join us for our next episode, Why Cybersecurity is Not Just an IT Problem, really a business problem. Until next time, I'm Susanna Song. And I'm Dave Barton. And this is Cybersecurity Simplified. From all of us here at Overwatch by Highwire Networks, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Cybersecurity Simplified podcast. To learn more, visit us at highwirenetworks.com slash podcast.